you guys are listening to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, the podcast about censorship, censorship, and the arts. <laughs> My name is Todd Sullivan. Uh, our first caller and co-host is Oren Barter. Hello. And we are summing up the last few weeks of dreadful experiences with the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> finish this book uh it's been a rough few weeks uh fun story for you Oren. my mom messaged me uh yesterday to let me know that she had sent us uh 25 dollars via buy me a coffee so that we could have a couple of beers nice. after, after surviving the turner diet <laughs> she said yeah <clears throat> well um, we definitely need a beer after this that's for sure we yeah Speak a beer and a shower uh was that <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say speaking of which what are you drinking today um, nothing really. I just finished a, a fine cup of Earl Grey tea. I got a little thing of water beside me, but that's about it. That's about it. Who the hell is this Todd Sullivan? Right? I know. <laughs> well, normally well, I'm, on, I'm our, on our on our live broadcasts, I would do like a Bailey's coffee, and I think I'm just low on Bailey's. So, gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm trying to be frugal, so I'm drinking a. a vodka root beer that i found in the freezer randomly and nobody claimed it so i'm drinking it um and then i also have two little sample bottles of what's called 99 bananas um so i'm assuming it's banana flavored liqueur it sounds yeah. disgusting um but i am going to drink it so i that is what i have those, to take i've seen those at the like right at the the checkout at the liquor store they've got a bunch of those little things there and i keep seeing the 99 bananas i'm like what the hell is that <laughs> So you'll have to let us know if it's if it's worth experiencing. Well, here, let me let me have a sip right now. Mm. There's one that please do. Yeah, looks like looks like somebody cracked it in the household already. Had a sip and then said nope. <laughs> no, put, put it back. back. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, oh, oh. Um, it's got a really good aftertaste. Okay. The initial the initial swig is is rough though. Yeah. Is it is it the banana um, that's rough or is it the the liquor that's rough? I think it's both. Okay. Um, let, I, let me one more, one more. Let me just one more. <laughs> what for? <laughs> Swirl it around a little um, bit. Really get all those those flavors. Yeah. I just I think it's the fact that bananas and liquor doesn't really go together all that well. Um, it kind of tastes like a really really shitty sambuca. Okay. Yeah. Right. It'll get me good and buzzed to get through this podcast. So there you go. Um, before we get talking about the book, uh, we do have some uh, news and announcements and, and fun things like that to get through. Uh, yeah. The first thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was uh, the Patreon, uh, our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash blah, 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 media. Um, 
it's been a kind of a barren wasteland for the last several months. Not a lot of content going up there. And uh, I want to talk about how that's like already in the midst of changing. Um, I've revised my editing schedule so or my editing workflow, I guess, so that as I complete an episode, I'm actually pulling out um, bits, outtakes and things that are going to be uh, yes, it is literally blah, blah, blah media, sort of the, <laughs> the name of the umbrella organization uh, that runs this podcast, as well as uh, another podcast I do called uh, Half Cut Conspiracies. Um, that's the website as well. You can go to blah, blah, blah media.com because that's what we do here. It's just a bunch of blah, blah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we're going to start seeing some regular content showing up on, on Patreon, uh, at least outtakes at the very least from this uh, podcast and from Half Cut Conspiracies. I've also got a plan for a Patreon-only podcast that I'm going to be looking at starting up uh, very, 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 very soon um, that will only be available behind the Patreon pay paywall. Um, not quite ready to announce details about that yet, but uh, it's something you can watch out for in the future. Um, also... Oh, damn it! I missed it. What'd you miss? Oh, there, I missed. Uh, I missed our caller because we have a special guest coming in here to help us talk about the next thing we have to talk about. We have Carlo Sia on the line. Hey, Carlo. Hey, can you guys hear me? We can hear you. How okay, are you? Okay, perfect. Good, good. How are you doing? Pretty well. Pretty well. We survived this dreadful book, so we can't, <laughs> can't complain, I guess. Uh, I know. Yeah, did you Did you read souls. along with us, Carlo? <laughs> oh god no <laughs> after your warning from like the first episode i was like i'll just leave it to you guys uh, let us yeah, do the hard work sounds, yeah yeah so thank you for reading the book because uh, i don't think i ever want to now <laughs> good yeah no you shouldn't um so we're coming into you know normally we announce the next few things that we're doing <clears throat> pardon me i need some more of that water <clears throat> Normally, we use the, the live episode to talk about uh, sort of the next few episodes that we're doing. And so um, the first thing we're going to do after after this, so next next weekend, we'll be covering um, the Dr. Seuss books, which have not technically been banned, but, you know, it's 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 been in the news. People are talking about it. We can maybe get some extra clicks by being topical. Uh, and I thought it would be a nice kind of brain scrub following... The Turner Diaries to read something like you know something entertaining. Like I don't know, uh, I've never read these books. They could be just as bad. They could. I, well, okay, they could be. I doubt it. I doubt, but it. I doubt yeah. they'll be this bad. <laughs> um, then we'll take a we'll take a weekend off on the twenty eighth, and then the weekend after that is Easter, and we are planning a mad crazy Easter crossover between our two podcasts. Is that right, Carlo? Oh yeah, shit's about to get real. It's, it's the insane. first I've heard about it. <laughs> it's not the first. No, just joking. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, well, let's fill it all then. <laughs> so uh, to start with, uh, here at Band Things, we're going to be doing two episodes on Easter weekend. Uh, we're releasing two episodes on Easter weekend. And Carlo, as the official, unofficial emissary of the Catholic Church uh, for our podcast, <laughs> yeah. will join yeah, us for both expert, of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're doing, which one are we doing first? We're doing Life of Brian, right? Yeah. So the first one we're doing, though, uh, that'll be released on Good Friday uh, is The Last Temptation of Christ, right. Martin Scorsese film. Uh, and then the following Sunday. Um, Hi, Roadkill. 
Hey, Roadkill. The following Sunday, we'll be live and uh, and doing, yes, Monty Python's Life of Brian, uh, both with um, Miss Carlo along for the ride. And then also, I think, releasing on that Sunday, probably. Um, Carlo, you're the one in charge of half-cut releases, but, but I mean, I, I'm guessing it would be yeah, Sunday, Yeah, it always right? confuses me every time, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it lines, it'll line up with the Sunday uh, just before uh, the Easter long weekend, I think, or is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the Sunday before, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so no, it should be the 4th, which is there? the, which I think is Easter Sunday. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. All right. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll be looking at uh, we'll be looking at some Jesus-related conspiracies. Uh, specifically, uh, the one I want to talk about is the theory that Jesus had offspring and uh, and may have had some lineage that survived to this day, maybe. Maybe there's a descendant of Jesus walking around right now, walking around on the water even. Who knows? <laughs> yep. That's how you can uh, spot a descendant of Jesus. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Just... <laughs> on water. Um, so it looks like so is roadkill calling in or road call is a early in. for calling um, okay we'll wait a little bit though i think oh i see roastmaster glenn asked a question there yeah one sec here cut. we got uh yeah there the, so they the the hosts are half cut um when they talk about <laughs> the conspiracies the conspiracies themselves may or may not be half baked but generally we just have a good giggle at how silly they are what what is it you want to call in about roadkill can you just uh type it into the the chat because we're a little early to take calls as at least as far as our general format goes um that's okay yeah, that's that's yeah, we'll, um, we'll definitely we'll we'll let you know when we're ready to to take a call it shouldn't be too long yep um but yeah, that's that's the big crossover, um, sort of the you know our epic uh, cross cross platform venture. Uh, it's gonna be a busy think, weekend. It's gonna be a busy weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you're if you're tired if you get tired of hanging out with your family, um, then go to your podcast app and and listen, and. Uh, and block out your annoying grandpa for a while if that's what you need to do. <laughs> uh, Carlo, any any other comments before we move on? Um, uh, no, just I guess for anyone who is interested in the conspiracy side of things, I'm going to do a shameless plug on your show. Uh, go um, <laughs> sure. subscribe to the uh, um, Half Cut Conspiracies podcast. And uh, we've already got, I think, 11, 11 different uh, conspiracies that are out, or 10 so far um yeah. so check it out and uh yeah tune into our live one um and i'm really looking forward to um to doing another live one with you guys uh on uh like actually being on your show rather than just calling in to take over your show here yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and hopefully hopefully this time uh we can actually you know get some religious insight from you because we didn't get much of that the last time we had you on as our, <laughs> yeah our that last one was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, at least this one now we know the movie is actually going to be, or the theme is going to be religion. Uh, whereas the other one, it was just the title that I thought was more religious, and it turns out it wasn't really. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to giving you all of my uh, my religious insight. Cool. All right. <laughs> the little bit I have. 
Uh, we'll see you come Easter then. All right. Well, uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your show. I might call in uh, if I have more to say, but sure. uh, I'm looking forward to this one. All right. Take care. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Carlo. <laughs> see you later, Art. And with that, uh, it's it's uh, probably time to talk about this book, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Again, one last time. <laughs> one last time. Um, yeah. So the book is the Turner Diaries. Um, it is. Hang on. I should have had this page up already. Let's get the name of the author um, so we can at least credit it somewhat. Um, it's by a man named, well, it's not by William. Oh, wait, it is. Okay. So it's it's published under the name Andrew McDonald, but it is written by a guy named William Luther Pierce, who was uh, clearly insane uh, and mm -hmm. an insane uh, racist, which, you know, not not my not my not my thing. Not my thing. What's your? Uh, what would you give this um, out of out of five clan hoods? <laughs> what would you What would you give this book, Lauren? <laughs> okay, that's a that's an interesting uh, <laughs> that's an interesting system of measurement. Um, does okay? Am I? Are we talking like the more clan hoods, the more racist this book is? Or <laughs> I guess that's a fair point. <laughs> um, yeah, if if we're judging it on clan hoods, it is sort of like five out of five clan it's, hoods. So. Five and a half clan hoods out of five. five I would say, <laughs> I would say, um, like just in terms of quality, uh, I would give it a negative one. Um, okay. Do not read this book. Oh, I hated it. I hated every moment of it. Um, it wasn't well written. It didn't tell a good story. It was just a platform for some real racist and bigoted bullshit. And uh, yeah, that's my take on it. How about you? Three so, and a half clan hoods. Roastmaster Glenn says three and a half. Um, it should be clan with a K, by the way, there, Roastmaster Glenn. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I won't say I won't say that I didn't enjoy this book at all. There were those those couple of you know we joked around last last time about the exclamation marks in the diary. Right. So there were a few moments that like when he used those. Oh, I hope I mute that before <laughs> you I all right? You all yeah. Right. Oh, did that come through. Sorry about that. I tried to mute that. <laughs> um, uh, well, it's got to be COVID. I just forgot what I was saying. Um, so I was, I was temporarily or briefly entertained by those exclamation mark uh, moments and, uh, and just imagining this sort of like 16 year old girl on her bed with her, you know, kicking her feet in the air. She's you know, <laughs> writing this tirade against all races other than white people. Okay. Um, but, but enjoy enjoying making fun of a book as you're reading it. Isn't the same as enjoying the book. No, that's true. That is true. So um, no, I, I think this was uh, a travesty of a book. I think it's, it is easily, easily the, the worst thing I've ever read um, on, on like literally multiple levels. Like um, it's badly written. Uh, it's not a particularly believable story, at least, especially when you get near the end. Um, it, the 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 racism is so overt that it's nauseating. Um, like I did, there were points where I, I felt ill, having just read what I had read, 
And yeah, there's uh, points when you're reading this book, you just have to put it down and go for a walk. Yeah, no, I literally did. Just just reflect on life. <laughs> yeah, and just maybe I don't know. Go go f- find a you know a mixed race couple and and smile and wave at them and be glad that they're alive and exist. And, yeah. Um, so it's um, and I I'm I'm not ashamed to say that I I I'm perfectly fine with this book essentially being banned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, generally, I'm a I'm a big supporter of like free speech and blah blah blah, and opposed to censorship. But there's 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 nothing there's nothing of value. There's no yeah. There's no argument you can make um, for the existence of this book. I I don't think. I mean, obviously, I think the the writer would have an argument for the existence of this book, and it's that he hates everyone who's not white and thinks they should be dead and, and, and everyone needs to sort of have that lesson. Although I'm not sure, like one of the things we talked about, you had this idea that um, in his mind, everyone kind of already felt that mm-hmm. way underneath the surface. And that's why it was so easy for them to kind of, um, you know, rise up because people deep down kind of wanted that to happen. Mm-hmm. And he def- he definitely took any chance that he could to to show in the narrative the story that there was support for what they were doing, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, but I'm with you. I just I think that this book should absolutely be banned, and, and I'm I'm glad that it is. Yeah, and I mean here in Canada, it's it's basically banned under the the idea of it being hate speech because at least in Canada we do have. There are limits on what we can what we can say and what we can publish, and it's a little bit different than in the U.S., where they have a bit more of a, a blanket freedom of speech. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I, I have no issues with labeling this book as as hate speech, like because that's that's literally mm-hmm. what it is. Um, I, I think I could be wrong, but I, I think there have even been points where like the characters in the book. Um, referred to you know their feeling towards these other races as um hate so um yeah no concerns there um not not uh, looking forward to like hoping there's no film adaptation that would be a travesty happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's not a lot really to talk about as far as this <laughs> no. Book I think goes. we there's said pretty much of, everything. Yeah, yeah, not a lot of nuance for us to sort of you know dig through, and and uh, it's just a there's big... nothing we can argue about because I think we both have the exact same feelings on this book, where which yeah. hasn't been the case uh, for the entire rest of this podcast. Yeah. And there's like, again, like I said, there's no nuance. There's no way of saying like, Mm -hmm. I can kind of understand, you know, people wanting to ban it for this reason, but also maybe it's got this positive thing going for it. But, but no, there's nothing like that. There's nothing, nothing positive about this book, nothing good about this book, nothing like, let's just, it's just a piece of shit. Um, I mean, maybe the only good thing about this book is just opening a person's eyes to what sorts of thoughts are out there. Yeah, um, there is that. Like, 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 just like people actually think this way. People actually feel this way, and I think it is important to understand that that is a reality for some people. It's not important to respect it, um, but it is important to understand that some people are this extreme when it comes to subjects of racial integration, and that's it's scary. That's scary. But yeah, that's a that's a fair I, point because yeah. I think 
I think a lot of times when you when you look at um, let's say the 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 alt right quote unquote, and again, I'm not saying that everyone who's on the alt right um, would subscribe to the ideas in this book, but certainly some would. Um, mm -hmm. And you you look at them and, and you you think or you you get the idea that okay, those guys are racist, but Mm -hmm. But just just thinking they're racist is kind of like one level of understanding until you kind of experience or, or get a sense of what's going on in a book like this. You don't necessarily get how extreme that level of racism can be. You know, it's mm -hmm. one thing to be the guy who's like, oh, I'm going to I cross the street when like there's a group of black people coming towards me or, you know, I'm not going to hire, you know, a native person at my job um, but then to, to, it's so many steps beyond that to get to this level of, I want to, I want to wipe these races off the planet. I want them extinct. Um, and I just, I don't know how you get there, but like you said, it's, I think it's good that we're aware that those thoughts are out there. I mean, it's not, I don't know. Is it, mm -hmm. is it fair to say it's good that we know that those thoughts are out there? I feel like maybe it's not, but it's just important. It's I important. It's, it's important. Yeah, but anyway, I got nothing else to say about this book, to be honest with you. I kind of <laughs> don't either, and since uh, since Roadkill was so yeah, let's get Roadkill in if, calling he's, in. if he still wants to call in. If Roadkill is still around, um, why don't you give us a ring, and uh, we'll see what you got to say. Or anyone else, if anyone else wants to give us a quick call and uh, ask a question, um, share their thoughts, if you happen to have read the book, uh, which... Again, you probably <laughs> shouldn't have. But shouldn't have. <laughs> we appreciate the sacrifice if you did. Yep. Uh, but. Roastmaster Glenn just said, it's been suggested by some black people that outwardly racist folk are easier to handle than the silent type of racist. And that seems, that does seem pretty likely. In fact, I, I feel like something like that, like something around that idea, something that came up in uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did mention that. Um, it also it rings a rings a bell to uh, uh, Daryl Davis. Have you heard about him? No, I don't recognize the name off the top of my head. The the musician who befriended a bunch of Klansmen. The oh, sorry, the black musician who prevented a bunch of Klansmen and actually convinced them to leave the organization. Yeah, okay, I have heard that story. I don't yeah. know very much about it, but yeah. It's it's a very interesting story. I actually took some notes. I want to talk about that later on in the podcast. And okay. and I also um, <clears throat> I remember when I was in psychology at university here in Williams Lake, uh, my professor told us about an experiment done with uh, rats um, about altruism and um, and I don't know if you can call them different races of rats, but different strains of rats, um, and how it turned out to be oh oh okay. Nice. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, Roastmaster says Joe Rogan did a fantastic interview with Daryl Davis. Um, uh, but this experiment uh, basically concluded that any form of, uh, of uh, what would the word be? Not racism, but um, yeah, I guess that's a good word. Racism towards uh, rats of other strains was entirely um, environmental and, and had nothing to do with the actual uh, 
genetics of the of the rats. So that was interesting. Huh. Yeah, discrimination. That's a good word. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't mind talking about those two points at some point here. We got a little bit of time though. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah. But no one calling at the moment, so I mean, you're welcome to continue on with your thoughts. Um. Yeah, let me pull up. Uh, let me pull up that experiment because that was very interesting. So I'll just read the abstract. I won't go through the whole thing. Uh, feel free to to look it up on your own time as well. Uh, but the abstract for for this uh, experiment says: in mammals, helping is preferentially provided to members of one's own group. Yet it remains unclear how social experience shapes pro-social motivation. We found that rats helped trapped strangers by releasing them from a restrainer, just as they did cage mates. However, rats did not help strangers of a different strain, unless previously housed with the trapped rat. Moreover, pair housing with one rat of a different strain prompted rats to help strangers of that strain. So um, evidence that rats expand pro-social motivation from one individual to phonetically similar others. To test if genetic relatedness alone can motivate helping, rats were fostered from birth with another strain and were not exposed to their own strain. As adults, fostered rats helped strangers of the fostering strain, but not rats of their own strain. Thus, strain familiarity, even to one's own strain, is required for the expression of pro-social behavior. Hmm. So basically, yeah, I found that very interesting. So is it that they were they were more attached to whatever group they grew up with kind of a thing? Is that what it was? Yeah. So, so if they, you know, they, they grew up with their parent or with their mother um, who looked similar to them, like similar strain to them. Um, and if they were placed in uh, an environment where they could see that there was another rat in distress and they could uh, push a button and release that rat, no benefit to them whatsoever, strictly altruistic. Um, if they recognized the the strain of rat, if they had that familiarity with that strain, they would more often than not um, express that altruism and release that rat. Right. Now they f they found that if they placed um, if the stranger rat was a different strain that that rat had not been housed with, um, they would not express that altruism. They would not release that rat more often than not. Um, but if they were housed with a rat of that strain, um, even as an adult, if they had that positive experience, that living experience with them, um, and they placed not a stranger, but the, their, their cage mate um, in distress, that rat would obviously help their cage mate. Uh, but they found also that that rat would help any stranger rat that looked similar to their cage mate. So if they've had a positive experience, that living experience, they have that familiarity with that strain. They express that altruism across all members of that strain. Um, and then the, I think the final nail in the coffin for, for this one um, is when they haven't been exposed to their own strain, um, they do not share that empathy with their own strain right. um, because they don't have that, that familiarity with, with their own strain, right? Um, but it's it's still which, ultimately like a, a tribal mindset. Like you know, I I recognize oh, the group yeah. that I am a part of, and I will help that group more so than this other tribe that isn't of my group. 
Absolutely. But what I find very interesting about this experiment is that it, uh, it proves that that tribal familiarity is 100% environmental. There is no um, genetic component to it whatsoever. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's, that's, I think that's the key point to take away from, from this experiment. Obviously, you can't do this experiment with human beings. There are so many ethical barriers Why that would prevent this from happening. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna take we're gonna take a child, remove him from his family, foster him with a family of a different race, not let them see a member of their own race until they're adults, and then see if they would Man, help. A hundred like, years no. ago, though, you could totally get away <laughs> with experiments like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I not, remember reading not, about not some guy who like just constantly scared this baby for like months or years in order to I don't know find out what happens to children when they're constantly scared. Oh my god, oh, I remember that. <laughs> but it's like, oh. you, you can get away with some insane shit as, as long as like it was like 1901 and you didn't <laughs> tell anybody until your experiment was over. You're like, hey, this is what I found. They're like, hey, that was kind of mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Um, it kind of aligns with my, my thoughts that, you know, um, that it is a tribal thing, right? It is a matter of like, uh, not, not not just recognizing your tribe, but uh, the fear of the unknown, right? It's like mm -hmm. the other tribe could be could be a danger to my tribe, um, which I think historically, evolutionarily, that would have been a fine way to be. Because yeah, you have no idea if that other tribe is going to come and bash in all your skulls and steal your women and your food and that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. that's that's not really the case anymore. And I think you know, what we need to start doing is moving towards the idea of like, you know, mankind or humanity as that one single tribe, right? Mm -hmm. um, the, the residents, the human residents of this planet need to be one tribe where we're all working together for the benefit of the one tribe. But I guess people would accuse me of being a globalist for saying that. Um, you got another point you wanted to touch on. Um, yeah, Daryl Davis. Uh, it's a very interesting story. Um, I'll just kind of uh, touch on it here. Again, it's one of those things that I think uh, would be beneficial to look into it yourself as well. Um, <clears throat> uh, let me just check here. I'm trying to find... I didn't capture a screenshot of the of the start of this year. Um, so this is a a I don't know if we're are we allowed to just like ex, like read off of a, a newsprint? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so this is from the Atlantic. Um. So so Daryl Davis here. He first met a member of the Ku Klux Klan when he was the only black man in a country band. Um, but the guy came up to him afterwards and said, hey, like, I've never seen a black man play piano like that before. Um, and he offered to buy him a drink uh, after the show. He sat and had a drink with him. The guy told him he was a KKK member. Um, I guess Daryl assumed it was a joke at first, but then the guy <laughs> pulled out his clan card and realized that it was, it was real. Um, and instead of getting angry, instead of, um, you know, being scared, they continued to just like talk at the end, they exchanged numbers um, and they began this, uh, this open conversation between them. Um, 
it eventually resulted in in this clan member leaving the clan um and daryl decided to go a step far further he asked um this ex-clan member for some the contact information for like one of the grand wizards um so he got the information started opening up a conversation with with one of the grand wizards and um became friends with him as well and this guy actually ended up leaving the the clan as well uh, it's a really really interesting read i don't want to read the whole thing here yeah, um, yeah for sure on the but it definitely um i mean when we talk about like you were saying it's almost easier to deal with the extreme side of racism um like these these people in in the clan i think very much would uh, sympathize with this book that we've read um and the the fact that just just some positive interactions with a with a man uh intellectually um you know finding common ground um it seems to be enough at least for these people anecdotally uh to to question their beliefs um well, to I question that, that makes, hate i think that makes sense too that it's it's easier to hate a, a broad general concept like black people that you can just place this kind of label on. It's easier mm-hmm. to hate that than it is to hate uh, a specific individual that you get mm-hmm. to know. And that, like you said, you have things in common with that mm-hmm. maybe has a sense of humor that makes you laugh, who can begin to show you the essential humanity of himself yeah, and yeah. therefore other yeah. members of that race. Exactly. Like if you haven't had any any positive experiences with a with a uh, a member of a race, um, it's easy to dehumanize them if you don't have if you've never seen them as a human being. Yeah, it's you know and if that's if that's what you've heard from your parents or you mm-hmm. know from your mm-hmm. your the, the children at from school your friends. You go to, if that's, yeah. yeah, if that's what's being reinforced that these are kind of inhuman or or whatever mm-hmm. savages, whatever the the um, the stereotype yeah. may be. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what the words used are. It's just the like it's it's that it feels that hatred. It feels like you say that fear, that unknown. Um, and there was something really interesting in Daryl's story that really resonated with me. I come from a quite a mixed background. Um, I have Mexican and Native heritage, Jesus as well Garcia. as British, Scottish. What's that? Jesus Garcia. Jesus Garcia, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, I I grew up with uh, a family that was all different ranges of the spectrum of color. Um, I even have a blood cousin who is half Somalian. Um, I've never really, you know, I've definitely never been told that any race is, is less than or, or bad or anything like that. Um, now when I was 12 years old, uh, I got called white trash at school and I didn't understand what that meant. You know, I was trying right. to have this conversation with this kid. I, I, you know, thought he was good at sports and I wanted to talk to him about sports and, and he said, don't talk to me white trash. And I was like, Oh, okay. I don't know what to do with that. So I went home and I talked to my mom and I, I said, mom, what's white trash? And she said, well, do you know how your grandma looks a little bit different than you? Like she's, your skin's a little darker. And I was like, yeah, I guess. And she's like, well, some people find that important and they'll, they'll make a point to uh, point that out. And I was like, well, that sounds stupid. And I kind of left it at that. Um, and now uh, Daryl Davis in this, um, uh, I'm sure you can find it in probably many articles, this, this, this anecdote here, but he says that uh, he was the only black Boy Scout 
leader, um, he was chosen to to uh, lead a parade with the American flag um, in a in a very white neighborhood. People ended up throwing uh, bottles and things at him, and he thought to himself, "Man, people really don't like Boy Scouts." <laughs> Um, and when he told his mom about it, then that's the first time that he was really exposed to the idea of racism. Right. Um, so it's interesting, like you say, if you're taught it at a young age, if your parents beat it into you, um, you know, on top of this, uh, on top of this, the separation, the segregation, um, you don't, not only do you not grow that familiarity, you also grow hatred and fear. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that that it's, it's, there's nothing more powerful to a child's development in terms of environment than their their parents or their caregivers. Yeah, um, they play such a huge role in who we are as people. And yeah, anyway, that's that was uh, kind of just what I wanted to touch on with that. I thought it was a very interesting read. Please, Todd, look it up. Um, I will for sure. Very very cool. I think it goes a little bit to what uh, Rosemaster Glenn said in the chat a little bit, uh, a little little while ago, um, that mm-hmm. human children don't care about the pigment of one's skin. Um, they're just people to play with. And I think that's mm-hmm. um, that's very, very, very true. And I think as long as at, at this point, um, we are generally kind of one tribe right now here, in, at least in, in Canada or in, in, in the United States. Um, and if there was no outside source of uh, of making people think that a, a, a certain race or a certain color is bad or wrong or needs to be eliminated, it, I don't think it would come up naturally, right? No, 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 um, absolutely. Like one of my favorite things when uh, when Morgan, uh, my daughter, was younger, is going to uh, McDonald's back when we could still go to restaurants. Um, and she'd go into the the play place there and make friends with like every single child there, like not long-term friends. They're never going to see each other again, but you know, for the mm-hmm. next 20 minutes or so, you guys are all some of my best friends in the world and we're just going to play <laughs> together and uh, bing, bang, boom, never see each other again. And then come back to the McDonald's the next time and start the whole thing over again with a whole new batch mm-hmm. of children. But that's kind of, that's kind of what we all need to be. We all need to be a hundred percent. Absolutely. Children at heart. But the okay. question is, how do you how do you how do you take somebody who has already crossed that threshold? How do you bring them back? Yeah, right? and I think I think and, the, and do you bring them back by yelling at them? No. Do you bring them back by by hating them as much as they hate you? Um, I think the I think the answer probably not. is probably not. Um, but that's a very difficult thing to do. It takes you a really pie. you could try pie. Pie does <laughs> a lot of good. You could bring some pie and be like, hey, this pie was it's delicious. Great. I, uh, but it was baked by a black man. But it's delicious. Try the black pie. <laughs> I don't I'm think any. No, don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> Nobody do that. <laughs> Not like that. Like. Not like that. No. no um, but it, it's it's interesting when you take Daryl's story. Um, he came at it with a with a high amount of emotional security, a high amount of intelligence. Um, he he came at it. Uh, really systematically um and i think i think that's really a story that a lot of people should read um he also has i just found out while um, researching him that he's written written a few books 
So looking forward to reading those. Um, but yeah, something something like nice like that, a nice story like that, I think is definitely needed after reading this fucking book. <laughs> yeah, like you need that palate cleanser. Yeah. Um, oh, and you know what? Like we didn't touch on is we even have something lined up um, for. Uh, after Easter, which is the, the the what you wanted to cover, right? Do you yes, yes, uh, I do. Because... I, I want I want to cover Gravity Falls because apparently it's been banned overseas, and I'm going to take that as it's been banned. We're going to do it because Gravity Falls is effing hilarious, um, and yeah, love that show. Wouldn't love yeah, because talk after about it. after I forced Orin to read the Turner Diaries, uh, I promised him <laughs> that he would be allowed to pick. Uh, something to follow up with because uh, he went through that for me. So we, we've got a we've got some pretty easy sailing for the next little bit between um, uh, the Dr. Seuss books and Gravity Falls, and I guess things will get a little bit serious around um, Easter. But, but I think we've got some smooth sailing. So we'll have to after Gravity Falls, we'll have to look at something, another book, some big controversial book. Which, yeah. by the way, uh, I should mention if anyone has any. Uh, recommendations any books that have been banned that they would like us to cover we're certainly open to taking suggestions um we won't we won't necessarily take it just because it was suggested but um we don't have anything pinned down at the moment so uh if anyone has suggestions you're welcome to drop them in the chat um or send oh, us mice an email and men. i don't know if my happen at gmail.com i don't know if mice and men was banned that's a good question um we could just google that right now couldn't we has been banned. In fact, according to study.com, uh, it is regularly on the banned books list okay. uh, because of vulgarity, racism, and its treatment of women. I think that's a pretty short read, too. Oh, we'll uh, definitely have to add that to the list of considerations. Yeah. Uh, Roastmaster said, I think it was, and then it wasn't. And that does tend to be the case with a lot of these banned books, that they'll be banned someplace for a while. And then someone else will come in and then fight to get it unbanned. And then somewhere else it'll end up banned. And then it'll end up not banned there at some point. And it's, these things are always coming in and out of, of being. Yeah. Again, it's mostly it really never seems levels. like there's, yeah, it really never seems like we haven't come across anything that's had a really wide umbrella ban until this book. Until this book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll look into that and, and perhaps uh, add that to our list of things to cover. Uh, I think we're getting kind of close to wrapping up. Before we do, mm -hmm. uh, one last call for callers, if anybody wants to give us a ring and share their thoughts and uh, jive with the hosts a little bit. <laughs> um, or recommend... You're the, only one that gets, you're the only one that gets the host badge, man. I feel jelly. I know, I know. We got Carlo calling in. Uh, let's let's take a call from Carlo again. Carlo, you. I don't think Roastmaster has been listening. He says he wants to read the Turner Diaries. I repeat, do not read this book. But he says he'll read it when he needs a reason to be pissed off. Which, pissed off. I mean... Okay. Hey guys. Hey Carlo. I'm back. Hey Carlo. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, you guys are doing you've, awesome. You've been killing it. You've attacked our podcast again. You've snuck in. You you wily devil. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm infiltrating. Um, no, so uh, just a question about uh, kind of the Turner Diaries and um, I guess, uh, you know, modern times. Um, how, like I was looking at, uh, the, there's an article online about how, you know, it's uh, how the Turner Diaries incites white supremacists and it talks about like the Capitol riots and stuff that happened. 
Um, I guess my question to you guys, because you actually read the book and might have a little bit more insight on how do you feel that, you know, from the, the diary, uh, writings of Turner, uh, how has things like kind of maybe gotten better since the book was written in terms of like, you know, people realizing that racism is bad to, you know, after Trump kind of came in or the whole um, uh, white supremacy started building up during Trump's um, reign over the states there, have you seen anything like from the book that these white supremacist groups might be kind of globbing onto again uh, now that, you know, racism seems to be the, the in thing for them and they had a lot of support? Um, it's kind of like a, a really broad question all over yeah. the place, but no, okay. I, I think I don't, I don't have too much of an opinion on this because I mean, pretty, pretty in my own bubble up here in, in small town Canada. Um, <laughs> but I think that, uh, the idea of a race war has kind of propped back up on their radar. Um, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the most terrifying thing about, about not maybe not just this book, but like the people who have this sen- sentimentality or I don't know if that's the right word, but whatever, I'm using it. Um, <laughs> sentiment, I think is what you want. Sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> Sentimentalityism. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know sentimentalityism. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that would be the, the most terrifying thing. Um, to come out of this book, uh, I would point to the 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 Capitol riot slash insurrection um, as being something that was potentially. I mean, people were talking at the time about how it was kind of connected to the Turner Diaries, and then further to that, you know, the idea is there was there was some thought and some speculation that there might actually be a, a more violent assault on the Capitol in like March fourth or fifth when right. you know the proper Trump inauguration was supposed to happen. Yeah, because um, in this in this book they actually do go and kill the congressman. Well they don't kill right? well I mean I guess at some point they probably kill all of them, but the the assault on on the Capitol wasn't fantastically successful, but they did kill a few people. Right. Um but you know seeing something um like it wouldn't surprise me to see an attack similar to what was done in the book. I mean, I'm not saying that it's likely to happen. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to see that nothing happened, you know, at the beginning of March when people were predicting it. So hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's maybe it's more of a murmur than a, than an actual kind of uprising. And, you know, after the, the, the insurrection and, and all the arrests following that people are maybe less likely to, want to push forward but you know if if there's if there's one thing from the book that i see maybe kind of playing out in reality following you know the whole donald trump being a massive racist and firing up his racist base it would be something like that it would be something like an attack on the capitol uh from people who think that um either that the election was stolen or that, you know, there's a, there is a deep state um, that's controlling things and, and they want to try to take the country back. Cause again, that's very much what the, the Turner diaries is about is about mm-hmm. these people trying to take the country back and not even back from the deep state. It, 
they literally want to take it back from the American government. Like they basically say in there that the constitution is garbage and that the American experiment didn't work. And now we need to just wipe it all out and be use super racism as our guiding force. Um, so yeah, that would be my answer. Um, on that uh, note about like taking the government back, I guess, um, are you guys familiar with all the different bills that the Republicans are trying to pass right now for, um, what is it, like voting eligibility or voting rights? Uh, oh, I mean, I'm not... Limit? Yeah, I'm not well, super familiar with it, but I, I know it's going on, yeah. Okay, do you, like... I guess I like I follow a lot of American politics, and uh, this book obviously is uh, you know all Hi, about uh, America. Um, do you feel like the the things that are happening over there, the way things are do um, kind of shaping up or seem to be going? Uh, do you feel like it's more like a subtle way that you know people are taking the message of this book and trying to? I guess, could you see something like what they're doing in the book happening just in a more subtle way by the powers that are kind of manipulating all this, you know, racial stuff in the state? You know, I kind of think that um, while this book does add fuel to the fire, this book is a symptom. It's not the cause of of those sorts of ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, Those ideas existed before this book um they existed after its banning um and they exist today so i don't think the book necessarily will be the driving force behind anybody's actions or beliefs um but i think it definitely has the ability to embolden those beliefs that makes sense Mm, yeah yeah definitely and I guess um, my comment would be um, that the book is more like... If you'd like to call the, in, Roastmaster, we'll, we'll be pretty quick here. We can get you on if yeah. you want. Um, the, the sort of the protagonists or the, the, the ones who are trying to change America and the world in the book are, are on the extreme, like the extreme, extreme, extreme. These are not people who are doing things via the government. Um, these guys like... Yeah, they actually went out out how like, you know, the Republicans, the regular conservatives are just as bad. Like they're working against Mm -hmm. them as much as they are against, you know, the liberals and and everything else. So I don't like, well, I can certainly see, you know, um, the Republican Party in the U.S. continuing to sort of legislate in ways that make life more difficult for people who aren't white. Um, I don't see that as being like, if, if you are strongly in favor of overthrowing the government uh, via something like the Turner Diaries, I don't see people supporting that. Hmm. Interesting. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, taking my, my call. <laughs> yeah, thanks for yeah, calling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyone, any, any last takers before we wrap it up and move on? We're looking at you, um, Roastmaster. <laughs> uh, it was an accident, I think. It was a, it was a pocket call. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
Well, that's it. We've we've now we never have to talk about this book again. We never have to think <laughs> about this book again. Um, we can scrub the existence of this book from our brains. Um, and I feel good about that. I feel, I feel good about that too. This this last week when I haven't had to read the book has been just such a dream. <laughs> Uh, oh, if you want to check my roast tonight, 6 p.m. here on Podbean. Okay, um, do you want to... I will maybe check got, that out. Yeah, let's check that out. Uh, yeah. Um, so let's... The Glenn B. Sideshow. Okay, I'm going to copy that into Notepad so I don't forget the name of it. Thanks for the invite. We'll uh, try to drop yeah. by. Uh, and uh, and thanks for dropping by on our show. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, great to have people people. Um, it's great to have that back and forth. So it doesn't yeah, feel like, like we're just nice sitting here have, talking like, people, out of our asses completely. Yeah, and it's nice <laughs> to know that people are are listening. And exactly, we're not just like in this empty room having this big debate <laughs> that nobody gives a crap about. Um, let's talk about our socials and stuff. We're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash band things happen. Uh, that's probably one of the better places to sort of keep up on when new releases are happening. Um, there's also a link to our uh, Discord there because you got to pay money if you want to have a proper uh, Discord link, and we don't feel like doing that. So we've got a <laughs> garbage link with a bunch we of We can't afford it because we've got, we, we don't have enough Patreon. Pa or patrons, exactly. patrons, patrons. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we are on Patreon as well. It's patreon.com slash blah, blah, blah media. Uh, if you want to support us on a monthly basis, you can do that there. If you want to just throw some money our way for a one-time thing, like buying us a coffee, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash blah, blah, blah. Uh, we also have a website at blah, blah, blah media.com where hopefully I'll get off my ass and get all of our links there properly yes carlo i know that's what i need to do uh, i feel your eyes on me from <laughs> all the way over here <laughs> uh and i think we've got a merch store too but we don't have any uh, band things merchandise up there yet it's just um half cut conspiracy merchandise but that is at is it hang on i gotta double check the url here <laughs> it's at much, shop. much professional Yep, shop.spreadshirt.ca <laughs> slash blah hyphen blah hyphen blah hyphen media. And for all those, it's B-L-A-H, B-L-A-H, B-L-A-H for the blah, blah, blah. Easy to remember. It's just the it's the triple B. Uh, any final comments, Oren? Um, you owe me. You owe me big. <laughs> this book sucked. It was painful. It was. You owe me a beer. I owe you a beer. Well, my mom bought us a couple of beers already. Sweet. So okay. Next time awesome. you're in town, I'll uh, I'll I'll treat you to a couple. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay. As always, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking the time to hang out. Uh, I've been Todd Sullivan, and I've been Oren Barter. This has been when bad things happen to good people. Uh, go read a fucking book. Do 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 do